today for another edition of Skyline Wealth Strategies. We're going to help you learn a little bit more about what's going on in the financial world, how you can be prepared to get to and through retirement on today's show. Walter Shorholt here with you alongside the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill. You can find us by going online to skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Or call or text us at any time if you want to get in touch as well at 512 952 5555. That's 512 952 5555. Jess and Jonathan, how are you guys doing this week? Oh, man. Never right. been better. Yeah, doing Love and life. It's good. Good. Just uh, taking it one day at a time, right? That's, the, that's it. It's been one day. strategy. I was, I was done one day at a time like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like full on just ready to, to, to experience life. You know, we're, we're coming out of this coronavirus, and that's probably going to upset some of the listeners out there. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying we're all cured, but I'm not locked in my house anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the majority of the people around me are, are healthy. Everybody I'm working with, you know, we've been we've stocked yeah. up on masks. Yeah, we've and, been safe and healthy. And, yeah, yeah. The, the hand sanitizer and, and social distancing. Lysol. And, 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 yeah, I was at home yeah. for a month. You know, it's like I'm the oldest guy here, so my whole crew ganged up on me and went, "If, <laughs> if you get sick, we got a real we problem." We home. <laughs> so get out of here. <laughs> everybody's here is in their 20s and 30s, and I'm in my 50s, and everybody's like, uh, "If anybody's going to get sick, it's going to be you." So go home. Yeah, you're still taking precautions, and uh, and we're still, you know, th- those precautions will be with us for a while, but we can at least strive to get back to as much normalcy as possible. Yes. Yeah, I, I haven't That's been good. to the grocery store twice, and one was in January. Um, seriously, <laughs> doesn't it's, count. It's, it's pretty wild. Doordash, DoorDash, Uber Eats, and, and a couple of, of HEB, you know, if you're here local, you know what Drop HEB off, is, yeah. deliveries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, it's amazing. I, I just, I built this motor in my Tahoe and I've been, you know, wanting to get out and go tear up the streets. And I, I've gone to like the convenience store twice to get <laughs> ice cream at nine o'clock at night. You do know, you think like, you'll return to like going to the grocery store and stuff? Or do you think some of these new normals will stick with us where people are just like, you know what? We've built in now all these delivery fees and whatnot into our budget, and it just is what it is, and it's the convenience is worth the deliveries and all this kind of stuff, and they'll just stick with it and just start everybody will always order their groceries online and that kind of thing. I think there's a, you know there, no matter where you are in this in this world, there's a class system, right? So the the people that really got impacted by either losing their jobs or getting furloughed, they may have been getting delivery from DoorDash and Uber Eats out of out of need. But they're not going to continue that in their lifestyle. They can't. I mean, who's going to pay 15 bucks to have $4 worth of Taco Bell brought to your house on a consistent <laughs> basis, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the people that were not impacted financially by this, yeah, they're going to get fat and lazy. They're going to do nothing but get delivery. <laughs> and they're all going to die of uh, heart disease and, and obesity early. <laughs> there's there's the, just as opinionated view. Yeah, right? <laughs> the meek shall inherit the earth. So exactly. I, think, I know for me personally, yeah. I cannot wait to go back into H-E-B. You know, I, I've always... Uh, yeah, I like grocery stuff. Like, me I too. Make my, I right. make my list, and not only did I make my list i know where the aisles are so it's in order order. it's in order of the aisles i start on one end and i make my list and then as i go through every single aisle even if i don't need anything on there because there's always gonna be something i didn't know i needed until i saw it right yeah i mean i I think people who are gonna are gonna work from home like their jobs are gonna just go ahead and work from home like those are gonna be the people who keep doing the deliveries and stuff like that i think people who go back to quote-unquote normal life you know I think we'll we'll see it kind of return to yeah. to normal. I mean, there the, there will be a new normal. There's no doubt about for that. Sure. Yeah, but for I don't sure. think I don't think the the life that we've all had to adopt for the past four to seven weeks is going to be the new normal. It's going to be a mixture of the two, and it's probably going to lean more towards the old normal. Is my yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret here. So the this is to the listeners, at least in my area. If you are getting lazy and fat like me and you want to start having your food delivered and you think, well, I'm supporting local businesses by doing this, just know that these delivery companies are taking anywhere from 20 to 30 percent off the top of the right off the bat out of the restaurant. I I, I talked to a restaurant the other night. 
It's, a, it's an Iranian restaurant where I've got this my favorite dish there, and I asked for this one thing, and I asked for no cucumbers on it, right? And what I get is an email back that says, we, we, we didn't fill that salad order because we can't do it with no cucumbers. I'm like, well, just send it with cucumbers, right? So I, I called the restaurant. I'm like, hey, don't cancel the order. Just yeah. keep the cucumbers in it. I, it clearly said no cucumbers if possible. Yeah. And I got into a pretty lengthy discussion with the owner of the restaurant. And he's like, man, you don't understand. We, 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 we lose money when we do this delivery fee. You know, the, the, uh, the delivery uh, companies are taking 20% off the top and then 10% for marketing and then something else for delivery. And at some point... We're just doing it just so we can stay out there. So interesting. I didn't mean to go off on a rant, but yeah, if no, you're if you're getting things delivered, get them delivered from national food chains. If you want to support your local businesses, call it in, You'll get in your car, yeah. drive over there, pick it up, come back yeah. home, and eat it. I find that that's fresher, anyways. Honestly, so that's that's yeah, my preference. Exactly. Yeah, and the absolutely. other thing, this contactless delivery. I'll just say one more thing, right? So I got a hamburger and fries. And I had one of those days where I was like, I need some comfort food. I got a triple meat, triple cheese, <laughs> oh, and fries, right? <laughs> and so it's supposed to be contactless delivery. They're supposed to hit the doorbell when they get there, right? So I'm sitting there going, "Where is my food?" And I log on. They're like, "It's already been delivered." I go to the front porch, and sure enough, there's a bag sitting on the front porch. And guess what's missing? My French fries. I was like, "There's nothing but a hamburger in there." It's like, "What good is this without the French?" Fries. They ate them on the way. Yeah. They got hungry. So you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to call, and I'm not going to say the name, but a, a national food delivery place, and in their headquarters in San Francisco. So you call the number, and I'm talking to some dude in San Francisco who, who was happy to refund me for the three dollars worth of French fries that I didn't get. I'm like, dude, it's nine o'clock at night. I want French fries. I don't want three dollars. You know? <laughs> Somebody get in your car and go get me some more French fries. So anyhow, that's my rant on that. But the point is, the new normal. If you're not going to cook, if you're not going to go to the grocery store, if you want to support local businesses that have been hit really hard by this, that are that by some miracle are still open, get in your car, drive over there, pick it up, and bring it back home. Well, that's very good. And I think it's just uh, it's interesting to hear everybody's experiences getting through this whole thing. That's for sure. Uh, well, we have still a great show to get to on today's program. We're going to talk about ways that you can prepare to get to and through retirement, how you can take care of your financial life as you move forward. We're going to discuss it all here on the program. But for the next couple of minutes, guys, I want to talk about financial lives. And you kind we're of talk. In, you, you, we're in new business. I thought we were just having fun talking. Yeah, about yeah. Well, you know. people actually tune into the show to actually hear financial advice. We, we went no a little clue. longer than usual. On yeah, our, uh, fun <laughs> talk. But I think that's all right. People, let's, let's give the people what they're asking for. Yeah. People like a little bit of both. I think so. That's right? part part of the fun. Um, but you know, you kind of mentioned the thing about hey, the delivery companies are still making theirs. You know, I won't yep. say that that's a financial lie, but maybe the the truth has been bent or it's a little hidden, perhaps. And I think it's kind of the same thing in the financial world uh, when people work with financial advisors. You know, there's obviously sort of elephant in the room. A lot of people have negative opinions of financial advisors, guys, because there's this this feeling that maybe they're not being fully truthful. Not necessarily everyone's a flat out liar, but maybe sometimes they're making statements that have been conditioned to say those things over the years. And maybe some of the statements they say don't ring true, that sort of thing. So I want to cover some of the things that should raise little flags. We'll count them as financial lies here on the show. And you guys tell us why I'm sure these things get under your skin when you hear other people say that this is what they've heard maybe from another advisor. And you kind of have to, you know, put some truth on the situation. Well, let me address that with a blanket statement before we even get going because yeah. you're absolutely correct. And this kind of ties back into what we were just talking about. You know, if I go to a restaurant and, and, and I'm, I'm out with a, a beautiful woman and I have a great dinner and a couple glasses of wine, I had a fantastic time and I go home. And I'm done, right? I'm not thinking about that food anymore. But if I go there and it's bad, then I go write a review. Not me. Yes. I don't do reviews, mm -hmm. but other people do. So, I mean, you got to take things like that with a grain of salt. When you read a review, for every person that said they had a bad experience, there's probably 20 that had a good experience sure. that didn't talk about it. So that ties into what you were talking about. There are probably 10% at most of the financial advisors out there that are doing sketchy stuff that end up putting a black eye on the rest of us. So I just want to make sure that I said that before we go out there because we're about to talk about a lot of things that you may or may not have heard um, that, quote, financial advisors will lie to you about 
And it's not all of us. It's only a few bad eggs, and it only takes a couple of bad apples out there to, to turn the whole card in there. So take everything we're about to talk about with a grain of salt and just know that it doesn't apply to us. It's a great point. Great point, Jess. All right, red flag number one or financial lie number one. If you hear an advisor say, we can beat the market, what do you do? I ask, uh, you know, where's their crystal ball? Like, yeah, run, <laughs> I'd say run like your hair's on fire. Can I get one of those? <laughs> run the other way. <laughs> yeah. If you want to stick around and have some fun, you know, let's, let's berate them and, and make them prove it up. But, yeah, nobody can, nobody can say they can beat the market. They can get lucky and have their timing fall in line with it but you know there's there's a there is no we can beat the market if so that person would not be advising you they would be retired because they would have already beat the market right 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 you cannot you definitely have to take that one with a grain of salt and, and i think you know that's that's really why we we don't plan you know market-based uh yeah, you we know, don't play in that we, field at all it, it is a, a gamble to a certain extent and of course you can you can apply lots of, of logic and reason and and you know financial savvy and and all those kind of fun things to, um, and, and do well in the market it's not to say that you can't but we certainly don't claim to uh, be able to outperform the market every single year and and i would certainly uh, turn and run from anybody who says that they can i mean there's certainly people out there who do outperform the market and then you can go look at their track history and oh this year they did but last year they didn't and the year before they didn't and then the one before they did so it's 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 maybe not impossible i won't use that word but very very difficult to outperform the market on a consistent basis um really you want to use the market as a tool it's one of the the asset classes to have in your wheelhouse as, as you're doing your retirement planning and that's that's really where you want to think about it and the, you know there are people out there that have beat the market yeah but it's not because they have this innate ability to beat the market it's because it's something they do all day every day and for every one of them that beat it, there's one that didn't beat it. Absolutely. Um, I had a client that I'm working, I'm still working with. He's not really a client yet, but this guy is incredible. He has accumulated a tremendous portfolio trading in the market, right? And I'm, I'm looking at it going, why, why are you even here? It's like, <laughs> man, teach me what you're doing. You know? It's like, this is, this is awesome. He's like 50 years old. He's got six or seven million bucks, and it's all from trading in the market. But he said something that really that just kind of hit me between the eyes like a two by four. When I was trying to pry into, you know, how did you pull this off? He said, when you're trading, you only have to be right 51% of the time. That's it. Um, so from that perspective, that's pretty awesome. But my, my response would be, how many of us want to put in the effort and have the knowledge and the ability time. to be right 51% of the time? You know? yeah. <laughs> Which means 49% of the time you lose. It's like, wrong, yeah, yeah. So if you, don't, if you aren't uh, you know, super educated in the market and a pretty lucky person and somebody that has a really strong tolerance for for risk, risk, you know, yeah. you're a Vegas type person and you want to sit in front of a computer all day long, every day and try to be right 51% of the time. If that doesn't sound appealing to you, come talk to us. I'll yeah, show you a much yeah. better way. Beating the market is not a, a retirement strategy. It's not a retirement plan. Like, you know, again, the market can be certainly a piece of your portfolio, but that's that's not the plan is just to beat the market to make it work. Uh, that's 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 not the right way to, to start. Not yeah. The right and then and the, the coronavirus is a perfect example. of that, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like airplanes are falling. I won't mention any manufacturers, but airplanes are falling out of the sky about a year ago. So Jess goes, eh, you know, I'll go buy a little bit of stock in that. And I'm pretty sure they'll come back. And a virus comes out of nowhere. And so this insanely low price I paid for the stock for a company that I was absolutely certain would come back before I retired. All of a sudden, it, it's at 20% of what I paid for it yeah. because of a virus. So, you know, don't try to time the market, guys. Try to time the market if you're 40. Don't try to time the market if you're basing your retirement on that. Sure. It's mm, a great sure. point. I think another great example here, and as we talk about these financial lies and, and truth benders, if you will, where the red flags go up, is where somebody may hear the statement, it's kind of an old standby, your tax rate's going to be a lot lower in retirement, and then they build the financial plan based on that assumption. <laughs> I wish that were true. Yeah, that's that's got to be like the, the biggest mistake that I've seen so far. And, you know, and by sheer luck, depending on your age and when you retire and a, a few other variables, that may actually occur but it's just by coincidence. It's not by design. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the whole tax deferred, anybody that's listened to our show for a while knows that I'm, I'm not a proponent of, of tax deferred accounts if you're above, you know, say a $200,000 a year lifestyle. So that, you know, that all comes back from Jimmy Carter days, super high tax rates. Everybody's like, you know, 30 years from now, I'm going to retire. I won't have a job. Therefore, I won't have income. Therefore, I'll be in a lower tax bracket. So I'm going to take some money and not pay tax on it now. Hope I can build it up between now and then, and I'll draw it back out and I'll pay tax on a lower tax bracket. If you did that in 1980 and you retired now, guess what? By sheer coincidence, that happens to be the case. We're in the lowest tax brackets in, in our lifetime. But that wasn't by design. It just kind of happened to happen. And I don't know who's going to be controlling that when I retire, or certainly when Jonathan retires. Right. Um, you very easily could be in double the tax bracket that you're in <laughs> yeah. right now yes. uh, when you retire right now. So, yeah, that, that, uh, that old, the tax rate would be much lower in retirement. That's a complete fallacy. It could happen. It does happen. But it's by coincidence. It's not by design. And you certainly can't count on it. Can't count on it, and um, you know it's 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 something that we we take into consideration when, when we're doing planning. I mean, we try to get everything as tax efficient as possible because we don't know what's going to happen with the next administration. It doesn't matter what political side you or, fall on, or the one after that, or the, the one after the that. The reality yeah. is, I mean, we're just talking about all the stimulus that's happening right now. I mean, where is that money coming from? Well, it's it's coming from our, our pockets. You know, yeah. we're we're all contributing to that. Maybe not in this moment, but down the road, we certainly will be. And, and the, the likelihood of our taxes going up just got higher. So it's something you should definitely plan on. Your taxes either remaining the, the same or perhaps going up in, 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 in maybe a rare circumstance. Maybe they go down your super high wage earner, but you're going to go you know, live in a hut in the forest and you don't have a whole lot of <laughs> expenses. So you're good to go. You know? uh, unless you've maybe. got the vast majority of your, of your uh, portfolio in a tax-deferred yeah. account. When RMDs come along, you're now uh, being forced to there you go. take income that you don't need. Yeah, but tax, and plan- tax planning is a very important part of retirement planning. And, and you know, don't believe that your tax rate is going to be going down. Don't just believe it kind of in that general sense. Maybe it is going down, but what is it going down to? And as inflation creeps up on you and your expenses need to go up over time, is that going to put you back up into higher brackets? Are you planning for that? So on and so forth. Don't, don't make the mistake of planning for today and forgetting to plan for tomorrow. Yeah. So I love, I, it's, you know, it's funny when we do some of these uh, webinars, we, we don't, I don't follow a script, but we at least kind of outline it out. And then I go in there, look, I'm one of those stickers on repeating the same word. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan just said plan or planning like five times in a row. And I'm, I'm like, sorry. Everyone. No, no. And, that, and that's perfect. I mean, that's, that's one of the ones where we're going to drive it home. It's all about planning. So I don't know what your tax rates, if you're 50 years old right now or 55 and you're going to retire in 15 years or 10 years, I can't tell you what your tax rate's going to be then much less 10 years after that. But what I can do is help you put a plan together that anticipates a worst case scenario and puts into place actions according to that. So it's like if the worst case scenario happens, we've insulated ourselves from that as much as we can. I can't make your taxes go away, but with proper planning and being smart now, we can make sure that if we wind up in a a tax bracket that's double where you are today, that we've accounted for that as much as we can. So speaking of planning, you know, that's what we do here. We put together income plans and retirement plans. So whether you have a plan or not, um, it might be a 47 page workbook in Excel or it might be a whole collection of accounts and you're not really sure what to do with them, come in, sit down with me, let me take a look at it, and I can tell you whether you're on track or whether we can help you out or not. So the easiest way to come see me is just watch my webinar. If you watch the webinar first, you'll have a much better understanding of what we're going to talk about on the first appointment. And the easiest way to watch the webinar is just log on to our website, skylinewealth.com. As soon as you do, there's going to be a pop-up button on there that says register for the webinar. Register for that. We'll get you in. You can watch the webinar, and from that, you can decide whether you want to set an appointment or not. And if so, you can either come in and see me or we can talk to you on Zoom. So the most fun is going to be watch it live. If you miss the live one, you can always watch the, the edited version that gets posted later and recorded. But if you really want to get some one-on-one interaction or, or it feels like it, just log on 
at the time that we're going to put it out and watch the webinar and set an appointment to come see me. All you have to do is go to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. And click on the webinar button, and you can sign up and find out all the information that you need there on the site. So whether you're on your smartphone or computer, just go to SkylineWealth.com right now to sign up for that webinar. And you can learn how the recent events across the globe have dramatically impacted the markets and, of course, our financial landscape and uh, also how you can prepare your retirement plan to deal with kind of a, well, during coronavirus, but also post-coronavirus world. Learn about some of the strategies to generate income in a low-interest environment like we're currently in. And, you know, the big news of the year was the SECURE Act, and that's still in place as well. How that legislation is going to impact your retirement savings and legacy planning, especially that hasn't gone away uh, just because of some of the recent global events either. So all of that is discussed in the webinar. Uh, so check it out and uh, learn a little bit about the financial world. And you can do it by going to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. And click on the webinar button to check it out. More coming up on today's show. Glad you're with us here on Skyline Wealth Strategies. When you reflect on your life, what would you like to see as your fondest memories? Summers at your favorite vacation spot? Ice cream with the grandkids after their first t-ball game? Maybe it was your great adventure across the world. Of course, those memories are still in the future, although they're not as far away as you might think. Be sure you have a financial plan to make them happen. Don't find yourself worrying while enjoying that ice cream. Peace of mind is attainable in your retirement. With the proper planning, you can secure a meaningful retirement. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or online at skylinewealth.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is the Skyline Well Strategies radio show, helping you take the confusion out of retirement planning. It's time to open up the mailbag and take another question from one of our listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to possibly be featured on the show, go to SkylineWealth.com. That's SkylineWealth.com. Angie says, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like. Are they all this expensive? Well, I would have to know how expensive that one is to answer that. But, <laughs> um, you know, they're usually fairly expensive. That's a, that's a relative term. I mean, it's kind of hard to answer that. It's like saying, is your car insurance expensive? Right. Um, but we're not a big fan of long-term care policies here. Not that they're not good, not that they're not all bad, or not that they are all bad, but you know, the two issues I have with them is one, for the most part, unless you have a return of premium rider, which also costs you money, if you don't need long-term care, you don't get anything out of the policy. And the last thing I want to do is be wishing for long-term care in my old age just so I can recoup you know, all the tons of money that I've put into it. And the other one is, uh, is the premiums are always going to go up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people think of insurance companies just a bunch of fat guys sitting around smoking cigars and lighting them with $100 bills and laughing at all the rest of us. And that's really not the case. Um, insurance is based on costs. So they make their best guess at what they think they can uh, charge in premiums to cover expenses, and uh, when that goes up, the premiums go up. You know, the first round of them, they they did all the actuary numbers to figure out how many people were going into nursing homes, and they forgot one very important factor. They didn't factor in how many more people were going to go when they had insurance. Right, right. So they issued all these policies, and all of a sudden, twice as many people started going into nursing homes. The cost went up, the premiums went up, and people started dropping the policies, which meant less money in premiums, so I had to spend even more money in premiums, and it just kind of spiraled out of control. Right. And in case you're not aware, healthcare costs aren't going down anytime yeah, soon. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we've got we've got a much better way, um, Angie, to solve that than using a long-term care policy, and that is just with income. 
those guys use scare tactics quite a bit. You know, they'll say, hey, uh, a nursing home today is you know five six thousand dollars a month. Spread that out over time with inflation, that might be nine or ten thousand dollars a month. By the time you need it, do you have an extra ten thousand dollars a month? People are like, oh my god, no, I better get this insurance policy. And what they forget about is if you're in a nursing home, you don't, you're not paying for anything else. You're not paying for haircuts or gasoline or mortgage payments or you have no other expenses for the most part. So if we have an income plan that's generating twelve or thirteen thousand dollars a month for you by the time you hit a nursing home, you're already covered. We've got it covered just out of income. And it's always nice to have that nice little reserve bucket just in case for some of those, you know, gifting or anything like that you want to do on the side. But for the most part, long-term care needs can be covered with a solid income plan that adjusts for inflation and takes your lifestyle into consideration. And that's. That's exactly what we do. Um, so there's always considerations to, to keep in mind as you're working through uh, creating a, an income plan and, and considering retirement and long-term care is always one of the big things that comes up with a lot of clients. Um, but it's pretty simple to address when you kind of break it down like Jess just did. Jess, I kind of like what you said there too. You sort of seem like you like to take the fear out of the equation. So it's being this product might be sold with fear. Let's take that out and then evaluate it and see how it stands. And yeah, often exactly. you have other solutions people make irrational decisions when they're making decisions based on fear. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a question of your own for the Skyline Wealth Strategies team, reach out by calling 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or go online to skylinewealth.com. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Jess and Jonathan a little bit better on today's show. Guys, fun question for you this week. If you could have video of one event in your life, so obviously video of an event that you don't currently have video of, uh, what event would you choose? If you could have that, log it, and be able to go back and watch it. Oh, man. Probably uh, Steve Ravon's last performance up at, uh, at the Meadows. Oh, I don't know. I want to beat that. That's a good one. <laughs> man. I'm trying to think of what my my generation. No offense, Jess, but I feel like there's there's kind of a, a camcorder in hand or a, uh, a phone in hand at all times. Uh, everything's what, on video, right? Well, it's not. Caught. I have to go ask my mom. You know what, what didn't we catch? No, you know I think probably. Um, and this is just kind of deep and personal, but like the proposal to my wife, we went and did the uh, yeah. the whole thing. Had a great experience, but it, it was it was just us, you know. So we, we didn't have that, you know, pictures or video or anything of that. I've got a lot to my mind for sure, but. I think she wishes that, you know, some point in time we could go back and, and rewatch that. So maybe that. A lot of people do film like that. that, but then it seems like, well, why'd you? Yeah. I don't want anybody else there filming it. I, so I think she tough. secretly kind of wanted that maybe, but yeah. I don't know. It was, I don't know. That's just funny. us. That's so. pretty cool. Anyways. That's yeah, fun. that's a good yeah. answer, though. That's a good answer. Real yeah. good answer. Yeah, I think so. I, I'd love to see some, uh, I, for whatever reason, I don't have any video of when I ran cross country in high school. So I'd love some video of back when I was in that good a shape. <laughs> there you oh, go. Wow. <laughs> That's a good. I, I have to admit, I ran cross country and don't have any video of it either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a very exciting thing to video for the bystanders, no. right? Like, yeah, a bunch of sweaty teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And there they go. <laughs> but looking back now, that'd be fun to have. Uh, so anyway, funny. Uh, very cool. Different answers there for sure. That's what we would like to have some video of from our lives. That's getting to know Jonathan and Jess a little bit better on today's show. More coming up. Stay tuned. You know, there's just some strategies that sometimes leave you scratching your head. Okay, we have all this money for advertising. We're going to use it on blimps. Yeah, blimps, because when people are driving in their cars, that's who we're trying to reach. They usually look straight up, so blimps it is. You see what I mean? So keep it right here for strategies that actually make sense. You're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies, and don't forget to check the team out online at skylinewealth.com. 
Now back to the show. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Jess and Jonathan, I wanted to talk a little bit today about traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. It seems that I think a lot of people don't have a clear picture of whether they should contribute to one or the other, or maybe even both. And so I wanted to di- kind of discuss how we can determine what's the best fit for you listening to the show today. So first of all, can you guys give us kind of that 10,000 that foot view, explain the difference between Roth and traditional? Yeah, sure, it's, uh, it's actually really straightforward. A traditional IRA, you contribute money to it, and it is, you know, the term is pre-tax, but basically at the end of the year, you claim it on your tax return as right. a contribution, so you don't pay tax on that amount. And now that, account, assuming it grows, grows tax deferred. So the money that was put into it has not been taxed, the growth has not been taxed, and then at the time that you start to take money out, it is just, it's income. So no matter what you pull out, it just becomes income, it gets lumped in with the rest of your income, and you get taxed on it at whatever rate you're in at that point. A Roth is basically the opposite of that. So you get paid, something's left over, you put it in the Roth. It's not something that you can deduct or not pay tax on at that point, that money's already been taxed, and now all the growth is forever tax-free. Not tax-deferred, but tax-free. Yes, growth and distributions that you take from that Correct. Uh, basis and growth. So, so they're also, they're not, they're not subject to RMDs, required minimum distributions, because there's nothing to tax. And favorite way of accumulating for the future is, is tax-free. Now, the question is always, which one should I contribute to? And the question is answered based on the circumstances that you're in. So usually it's both. Um, I like to get a good blend of tax-deferred and tax-free. It helps you in the short term, sometimes, on your taxable income, and then it also helps us balance out your income later on so that we're not popping into the next tax bracket every time we give you an increase in income due to inflation or needs. Yep, it's really what can you stomach to pay taxes on today? And some people may not be able to contribute to a Roth, right? There's there's a threshold. It's a little bit higher if you're married versus if you're single, but there comes a point where the IRS essentially phases you out. There so. is, and that's kind of it's kind of silly. I mean, the same guys that are writing these laws also make probably the amount of money that would raise them out of it. So of course they come up with the back door. Um, So you can contribute to an IRA, to a traditional, and then immediately convert to a Roth. It doesn't matter how much money you Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. So it's it's the exact same thing, just one extra step. I don't even know why they they put the limits on it anymore. I mean, it's anybody with a, a little bit of knowledge can just work right around it. Yeah, just have to work a little bit harder. That's yeah, the that's the backdoor Roth, is that right? Correct. Okay, Correct. gotcha. Yeah. It, what is reality? I mean, is reality that more people are contributing to traditional versus Roths? Are the Roths being underutilized in your mind? I believe so. I mean, everybody everybody's stuck in this tax-deferred mindset. Um, it, it helps me today. It's less tax right. I've got to pay today, so I get to put it somewhere else, and then it grows tax-deferred. All you're doing is kicking the can down the road. And to me, and you've heard me talk about risk before, there's various things that we consider when we're looking at risk for investments. One is what is the risk that I'm not going to get the return that I anticipate? The other one is what is the risk that I'm going to lose my principal? But for me, I think the tax risk is the greatest one. What is the risk that 20 years from now or 10 years from now when it's time for me to start utilizing this tax-deferred income that we have a change in administrations and now the tax rates are so much higher that I would have been better off paying the tax now than later? Yep, and it's, it's definitely just a here's what we've always done sort of thing as far as contributing to a traditional, I believe, you know, 401k operates very similarly. And that's something people often have happen automatically off their paychecks. And historically, those have been tax deferred rather than you paying the tax up front. Nowadays, they're coming out with the Roth 401ks and that becomes an option. But 
I think traditionally speaking, people think of the traditional IRA very similarly as the 401k. So a traditional IRA makes a lot of sense. Get the tax break up front, put the dollars in, it's tax deferred, down the road we go. And they kind of don't don't give the consideration to the Roth just because it kind of hurts to pay those taxes up front, right? But yeah. uh, it can hurt a little bit more if you're paying, to, to Jess's point, a higher rate down the road, uh, maybe in a rate that you're not, we don't have today that's going to go up uh, higher than we expect to uh, due to you know changes in administration. So And not only necessarily potentially a higher rate, I mean, I... I I would venture to say we are probably in the lowest tax brackets that we're likely to see in our lifetime. Yep. So they've got nowhere to go but up. But the sad part about it is, you know, you'll hear me say this one example, time after time, I had a younger client come in, him and his wife are both about 50, and they had between the two of them almost $3 million in their 401ks. And they had like $30,000 in the bank. And that's it. Yeah. No, yeah. no you know, rental properties, no uh, brokerage accounts. And they're so proud of themselves. Like, look, we got $3 million in our 401k. So that's fantastic. Every penny that you spend for the rest of your life is going to be taxable. Bottom line. Yep, and we can try to help you convert some of that, but that's going to be a slow process, right? <laughs> exactly. Over to the Roth, yeah, because right. we're not going to have you paying taxes at the highest bracket to do those conversions. So that's something we could talk about too. Is is you know how do I convert to mm-hmm. a Roth from a traditional, right? And and when does that make sense to do that versus maybe not do that? Yeah, I had a client that it's, it hasn't been that long ago, about a year ago. He had probably a little over a million in his traditional, and he had just retired. And his CPA actually told him, just bite the bullet and convert it all right now. Do it all. Yeah. Do it all in a Roth, and then you're good from now on. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> 70% of that's going to be taxed at 37%. Right, like, right. Come on, guys. Use your head here. Yeah, that's that's not a great uh, advice from a CPA. I mean, I, that's that's something else. But, uh, yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a decision that you kind of make on an annual basis looking at your income for the year. As you get towards the end of the year, you know, come October maybe, kind of looking at what did I make this year? What do I have sitting in traditional that, I, that could be converted over to Roth? I mean, just what can I stomach from a tax standpoint? What makes sense? How can I stay on those lower tax brackets and move some some of those dollars over? And you don't have to do all of it in one account. You could pick you know one dollar or a hundred thousand or a million dollars. So pick the amount that keeps you in the tax brackets that you're comfortable with and, and and move it over. And certainly talk through that with your advisor and CPA. But that's the time to do it and, and do it smart. Yeah, and then the next level of planning on that is to save enough back in non qualified money. So that the first year that you're retired, or maybe even the first two or three years that you're retired, you can spin that down and start doing the conversions at you know ten, twelve percent or uh, tax brackets there. So you can you can live off of your own money that's not taxable, and while you're doing that, because you have no taxable income coming in, all of your Roth conversions are making up the taxable income. I mean, you can go up to seventy, eighty thousand dollars and still be in the lower tax brackets very easily. So you know, if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of freaking out on on what's going on, the world's on fire, the stock market's crashing, everybody's losing their jobs, just you know, just calm down. First of all, what I really want is to talk to you. We have historically done in-office appointments. Right now, obviously, we're going uh, the virtual route, so we can talk to you on the phone. We can do video conferencing. And by the way, I know we're on the radio, so this is reaching a larger audience. We're a local wealth management company here but if we're going to talk to somebody on the phone or on the internet you know guys if you're if you can hear us on the radio we can talk to you through the virtual means so just give us a call call the office and schedule a time to talk to me the worst thing that can happen is you spend 30 minutes to find out that maybe we're not a good fit but my clients are not freaking out right now they're insulated from the market downturn as it relates to their income and that's really what it's all about we're here to generate income if your market-based portfolio is down I can't change that right now but what I can do is show you how to reposition, reallocate, and shift your investment mindset to one that is more um, geared towards true retirement and generating income in retirement. So just give us a call. Give us a call, and we'll set up a time to talk and go from there. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512 952 
512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. And it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or online at skylinewealth.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. You ever notice that sometimes movie commercials try to trick you? From the studio that co-created that one movie you really liked that one time. And you're left wondering, what studio? What co-creators? They never tell you exactly what you're getting into. Well, not here. We share the details you need to get to and through your retirement on the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. We want to spend some time on today's show talking about 401ks, obviously one of the most popular investment vehicles that are out there. Uh, but your 401k can it can also not be perfect in many cases. Uh, it can have some weaknesses that you should be aware of. And guys, I think we're going to throw in, you know, 403Bs, TSPs, uh, 457 plans. But if there's a caveat, let us know. First complaint or weakness of a 401k might be administrative costs. Do you see this? Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the the fees that go along with it, you know, the the bigger the pool of employees, then you know, theoretically, the lower the fees go. But you're still you're still have an extra layer of fees between that and just a right, you know, right. typical. Right. So if you're at a Fortune 500 company, you might be a little better off than a mom and pop shop kind of thing. Um, right. But uh, generally, you're you're going to be paying more in administrative fees in a 401k than if you just had a you know traditional IRA somewhere. So you're saying the smaller the company, then even even at more of a disadvantage, you might be here. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got. I mean, they've got less weight. It's just like a, a group, uh, you know, health insurance policy. Exactly. So if there's a, if there are more employees, then the administrator can charge a lower fee percentage and still put a good bit of money in his pocket because there's more people to charge that percentage across. Oh, that makes sense. So that would be why when I worked for a small company back uh, many years ago, 
and we all were begging for a health insurance plan. They finally got a group plan for the small company, and it was way more expensive than it would have been for us to go <laughs> yes. get our own insurance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> funny how that works out. It is. It is funny. Okay. Very so same thing in the 401k realm, same kind of uh, economies of scale in play. Sure, yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, another common 401k complaint or weakness would be that it's a bunch of mutual funds, but not a whole lot else at your disposal. Yeah, I've seen it range from uh, just uh, a target, you know, target funds, you know, only having maybe a handful of target funds, and that's it, to, uh, you know, a decent selection of maybe 20 or 25 mutual funds. But either way, you're, you're locked into a pretty tight box there. Again, going back to the options you have in a traditional IRA somewhere versus, you know, in your 401k, it's opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, you, you really, you're kind of locked into that box and kind of have to hope that, the options you have available to you are going to perform well, and if they don't, you don't have really anywhere to go, unfortunately. Right. Your reaction time, I mean, to me, the reaction time on it is a lot, is a, a, a significant issue for me. Um, yeah. You know, if I've, got a, mm-hmm. if I've got a traditional IRA sitting somewhere that I can just reach out and make a change when I see something then happening, um, I can react in a matter of, of minutes. Whereas with a 401k, typically you have to go through an extra layer. You have to go through the administrator before it yep. even gets to the yep. custodian. Um, that may or may not be available. It might have to go by email and go through your HR department. And yeah. you, know, you could okay. see something happening, and by the time you react to it, it's already, right. it's already too late. It really depends on how sophisticated that plan is. So going back to small company versus large, you know, if you're a large company, you may, you may be able to, to, to trade quickly. A small one, a small plan like ours is here, uh, <laughs> you, you may have a little more problems on that point. That's a good good point. Hmm. Interesting. So, again, mutual funds, not a whole lot else at your disposal in those plans. Another weakness of them. Uh, limited asset classes. I guess this kind of falls in line with that same conversation. Would that be another complaint? Yeah, yeah, I, would yeah. Say, I would say that's that's pretty much part of the same answer. Very similar, yeah. But, you know, not not very many 401Ks are going to let you, you know, go do anything and everything you can do in, a, in an IRA. So just having the flexibility to really um, sit down and start planning for retirement, you know, it's a great, potentially a great accumulation tool, um, but probably not so great of one as you get close to retirement. You're looking to maybe set up some secure income, maybe with some annuities. You're looking to diversify, go into some alternatives, real estate, so on and so forth. You're pretty locked down there. There's a a lot of asset classes, right? I mean, was it is it 19 asset classes or something like that? Exactly. So they're they're really like I said, lock you into that small box there in your 401k and not giving you very many options. And like I said, some are better than others, but generally speaking, you're gonna be you're gonna be locked into to going into those mutual funds right in the market. Yep. I've read that another complaint or uh, you know concern with 401ks is the fact that if you are looking for conservative investments that there's kind of a, a, a lacking in terms of their availability inside of 401k plans. Jonathan's been the one to scoop yeah, all over the yeah. 401k. Keep going on my roll here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you may have access to, to some bond funds. Um, and it might give you a little little lower uh, risk for you there. And then you go from there right into just a, a money market sitting in cash, which is, you know, earning you nothing, which potentially may be better than you get in the market. If you have a down year, you might get lucky on that one. But um, there's really not many options down at the bottom end of that spectrum uh, from a risk standpoint that is uh, available to you in 401ks. Um, it's generally speaking, you know, uh, growth-oriented uh, mutual funds or a money market. Um, it's, it can be pretty frustrating, certainly as you're edging closer to retirement, looking to take maybe a little risk off the table. Yeah, and that's what I was going to add to it. I mean, a lot of this is still age-dependent to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, a 25-year-old um, can can take those risks. Um, he's not necessarily looking for something super conservative, but if you're in a an employee situation where your employer will not allow you to do an in-service withdrawal before you separate, and you're getting on up there in age and it's time to try to scale back a little bit. I mean, your only choice is either go with what they've got, um, scale back to a money market or, you know, or separate from the company. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. weird. 
and that's one I don't know if it's if it's something that uh, we, we've kind of gotten written uh, to us there Walter or, or not in terms of people reaching out with with uh, different complaints about 401ks if that made your list or not but access is something to, to certainly bring up and just just did it I mean uh, as you're getting into re retirement or thinking about retirement planning you may not be able to reposition that 401k elsewhere if that's with your current employer um, and, and, and that can really be a, a roadblock to setting up a, a retirement plan. So it's important to note when you're putting those dollars in, those hard-earned dollars, and you're, you're planning on, on setting up a retirement plan and utilizing some of those assets, you know, can I do an in-service withdrawal to utilize those funds other than a mutual funds? You know, can I go out and purchase some annuities, purchase, you know, whatever you want to do, real estate, uh, or, or go out and put a better diversified portfolio together in the market outside of those mutual fund options that you're given there in the 401k. So. That's another downside too. Now we're covering all these downsides of 401ks, yeah, we're but them hard, huh? they're they're not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, they still can be beneficial for people if they're getting matches in their plans. Sure, and, yeah, the free money, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, so we're not exactly saying you've got to just totally throw your 401k out, um, you know, out of contention or out of the the you know mix of your financial plan, but. It, it kind of just causes you to pump the brakes a little bit and think, are there alternative options? Is that kind of what we should do here? To some degree. I mean, for me, it's it's more about so many people, um, it's kind of like getting taxes taken out of your paycheck, right? I mean, everybody's just anesthetized of that. At least yeah, 20, 25 right. percent of your paycheck's just gone. You don't even count on yes. it. Um, so, you know, people start contributing to the 401k. It's coming automatically out of their paycheck. They're not counting on that money. Uh, they're not Un paying much. Unless you pay quarterly taxes, Jess, then, then <laughs> there you, go. you feel it. You feel it then. <laughs> well, yes, and I do. I completely understand that. But, yeah. I, but your, your typical average um, citizen is not in that, in that scenario. It's just a different mindset. They're, they think, hey, I'm contributing to a 401k. I'm contributing, you know, sometimes the max. I'm getting a match. That's it. That's all I've got to do. Um, so they get comfortable in that is that that itself being their retirement. And they don't, you know, think it's outside of that box a little bit and say, maybe, I'm, maybe I ought to do a different uh, traditional outside of that and also a Roth and maybe some other ways of, of saving up for it on top of the 401k and I'll get people that come in here all the time you know 55 years old two million dollars in their 401k and thirty thousand dollars in the bank and they're just they're so proud of themselves look look what I've done I've accumulated all this in my 401k and I said that's that's fantastic congratulations every penny for the rest of your life is going to be 100% taxable it's like they right. didn't they didn't diversify outside of that mindset whatsoever because they've been conditioned to, to think that the 401k is their retirement right right but to Walter's point it can be a good accumulation tool I, I myself use it if you can get that company match go for it right why not get that free money um, but certainly as you're, you're thinking about retirement getting to do some retirement planning um, it's it's not the best tool to necessarily continue to utilize and it's certainly something you should think about maybe uh, uh, altering as you approach retirement yeah. or adding to, adding to it that was my point sure, that, that, yeah, that, 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 that's your only retirement vehicle at all um, you might want to start looking at a little bit of diversification on top of that. Absolutely. Well, it all comes back to that basic principle, doesn't it? Uh, you're, yes. You've been doing one thing your your one way for a really long time, but as you get closer to retirement in more ways than one, it's a transition point, and it requires us to do things a little bit differently. And this is just another example talking about the 401ks here. So, you know, if any of this resonates with you, if you're kind of freaking out on, on what's going on, the world's on fire, the stock market's crashing, everybody's losing their jobs, just you know, just calm down, first of all. What I really want is to talk to you. We have historically done in-office appointments. Right now, obviously, we're going uh, the virtual route, so we can talk to you on the phone. We can do video conferencing. And by the way, I know we're on the radio, so this is reaching a larger audience. We're a local wealth management company here, but if we're going to talk to somebody on the phone or on the Internet, you know, guys, if, you're, if you can hear us on the radio, we can talk to you through the virtual means. So just give us a call. Call the office and schedule a time to talk to me. The worst thing that can happen is you spend 30 minutes to find out that maybe we're not a good fit. But 
my clients are not freaking out right now. They're insulated from the market downturn as it relates to their income, and that's really what it's all about. We're here to generate income. If your market-based portfolio is down, I can't change that right now, but what I can do is show you how to reposition, reallocate, and shift your investment mindset to one that is more um, geared towards true retirement and generating income in retirement. So just give us a call. Give us a call, and we'll set up a time to talk and go from there. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512 952 5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers, not those of Skyline Wealth Strategies or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is, for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Skyline Wealth Strategies, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk and total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Skyline Wealth Strategies. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Skyline Wealth.